Welcome to my podcast, Midlife with Courage, where my goal is to inspire you, a woman who wants to step outside of her comfort zone and live an amazing life. I'm Kim Benoy. I'll share my experiences, stories, and interviews with other amazing women that are meant to help you take those first steps towards something fantastic. So let's not wait another minute to get started. Before we listen to this interview, I just wanted to ask you a question. How would you like to get a shout out on Midlife with Courage? I have a really super easy way for you to do that. If you would go to Apple Podcasts and just put Midlife with Courage into the search bar, or if you're already subscribed to it, which I highly recommend by the way, go ahead and go to that main page, scroll down a little bit, and you'll see a spot where you can leave a written Put in your name and oh by the way you don't have to put in your real name you can just kind of make up a little uh, username if you'd like but if you go ahead and do that leave me a few words why do you like midlife with courage why do you listen what do you like about it the next time i record an episode i will go ahead and read that review on the air and i would be so appreciative of that if you would do that it's an awesome way to get more people to know about Midlife with Courage and inspire even more women. So to get your shout out, go ahead, leave me a little written review, and the next time I record, you will hear your comments on the air. All right, enjoy this episode and have a great day. Hello everyone and welcome back to Midlife with Courage. I am Kim Benoy, your host, and I am so happy that you're here. Today I have a wonderful guest with me. Her name is Raina Genton and she is a recovering criminal defense lawyer. <laughs> uh, we'll hear more about that in a minute, but welcome to the podcast, Raina. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. Um, so tell us a little bit about you. I know you're out east, so tell us um, where, where you are, who you are, and what you do right now. Sure. So um, I'm in New York. I'm a, I live about uh, half an hour north of New York City. Um, and I live here with my husband. Our children are out of the house because they're grown. Um, uh, they, you know, they, yeah, they come back now and again. My, my son is actually back from college right now. So the house is like total mess. <laughs> um, but that's okay. And uh, I'm currently writing. Um, I, I was a lawyer and I know we're going to talk about it for, you know, quite a number of years. Um, and then I decided to try my hand at something new and I've been writing novels for the last uh, seven or eight years. Um, and I actually have three novels published now. So, um, and I'm work, working on a new one. So that's, yeah, that's how I spend my time. Perfect. I can't wait to dive into that. Um, so first of all, why don't you tell us about your career as a lawyer? Um, I know that takes a lot of education. And um, so tell us about that. Sure. So I went to law school really having no idea what sort of law I wanted to practice. I didn't have any lawyers in the family. I didn't really know all that much about it. Um, I, you know, I was kind of a, a strong humanities student in college. So I, I knew I wasn't going to do anything sciencey or mathy or anything that required <laughs> numbers. Um, so um, I went to law school and pretty early on in my time there, I began to get involved with the clinical programs, which are the programs that um, where young law students learn to practice in the community by helping out in different areas um, with people that 
are, uh, you know, need legal services and can't afford legal services. Um, and I, I started doing that pretty much my first year in law school, and I did it all the way through. And that very much convinced me that I wanted to do some kind of hands-on um, lawyering, less likely to do anything kind of corporate or commercial. Um, of course, when I graduated, I, I, I had met my husband in high school, actually. So we had been together for many years, but you know, it was time to get married when I graduated law school and he was still in school. So um, I ended up taking a job at a big law firm. Um, you know how it is when <laughs> all of a sudden you find you're kind of on your own, you got to pay the bills. So yeah, it's funny how that works. <laughs> funny how that works. And, you know, I remember my dad saying to me, like, maybe you'll like it. Like, maybe you'll actually like something that makes some money. And I was like, maybe, and, <laughs> um, you know, I tried and it wasn't for me. It was, it was very clear to me after about, you know, 10 minutes <laughs> that, um, that it wasn't going to work for me. So I did a short stint there, and then I, I started doing more public interest um, type law. So I, I worked for the Legal Aid Society, which is the major provider of legal services here in New York. Um, I worked for them for several years, and then I switched to doing criminal appeals. Um, and so, yes, I, I was a criminal defense attorney, possibly not the way your listeners are envisioning it, because I didn't actually do trials. I did appellate work, which means that these people had already been convicted of a felony and I was trying to represent them and make sure that what happened below was fair and that they got a fair trial and that they, um, you know, either they weren't convicted of something that they shouldn't have been convicted of or that everything went according to law and that, you know, if it didn't, they would get a do-over. It wasn't like they would get sprung <laughs> necessarily <laughs> because maybe they still did the thing that they did, but, um, you know, but we have processes in this country, right? And, yeah. and you want to make sure that they're that they're working. Um, so I did that for many, many years. Um, and I left that job uh, in 2014. Okay. And so what prompted you to make that change? I mean, that is a long time to be in one career. Um, I've, I can speak from experience because I kind of did the same thing last year. Um, so what was it one moment that you just decided or was it kind of a over time, you realized that something needed to change or what happened yeah, there? I, I wouldn't say it was one moment. I think as in so much of life, you know, a lot of things kind of came together over a period of time. My kids got big and more independent and then we're out of the house and, you know, you start to look at how are you spending your time and are you happy with the way you're spending your time? You know, you're so busy when you're a mom. Obviously, we're always still a mom, but you know, when those day-to-day -day responsibilities kind of get taken away, you're kind of left with that thought of, you know, how do I assess what's happening here for myself? And I really loved the work that I was doing and I, I enjoyed it for many years, um, but I kind of hit a wall and I just sort of felt like, you know what, I'm not being able to approach this in the fresh way that I used to, and I didn't want anyone to suffer because of that. I mean, I, didn't, I, I, I don't think I ever got to that point of burnout where it hurt my clients, but, mm -hmm. but I could feel it coming. And so I kind of felt like I better get out of here before something bad happens. <laughs> that, that is amazing because a lot of people, a lot of women, they don't realize that at that point, it gets to the point where they're burned out and they can't you know, keep giving. Right. And so I think that's amazing that you realized it at that point. You know, it was hard. And I think that certainly, you know, I understood that some of the ways I was approaching my cases were not, were not how they should be, or were not how a bright young attorney 
would be doing it because I had been doing it for 18 years there. And, and it was just not hitting me the same way as it used to hit me. And, you know, some of the cases, especially I was finding that I couldn't tell the kinds of stories that you need to be able to tell on behalf of your clients in a, in as persuasive and enthusiastic a way, because I had gotten a little jaded and I just wasn't, I wasn't buying into it quite the way that I had <laughs> for yeah. many, many years. And I didn't, you know, I didn't want to hurt myself and I didn't want to hurt anyone else. And, right. you know, so. Yeah, that's um, great realization. Um, so it kind of sounds like you kind of lost your passion for it. I a little bit lost my passion for it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so why writing? What led, what led you to that? What made you decide that? Yeah. So it's a little crazy. I don't really feel like I decided it so much as I fell into it and I'm so happy that I did, but <laughs> I, you know, when I quit my job, I really kind of was at loose ends. I, I didn't have another job to go to right away, which, you know, was luckily for me, it was okay for us at that point financially. I didn't need to start something right away. Um, so I started doing the kinds of things you do when you, you know, are looking around, like what, what, what could I do that I always wanted to do, but I never had the time to do. So I signed up for piano lessons and I signed, you know, I signed up for yoga classes and, you know, all different things. And, um, you know, and they were all fun, um, but none of them was really filling the place that my career had filled. Um, and a friend of mine said that she was taking a class, a writing class at a local university. And she said, you know, come with me. And I said, oh, you know, I'm not going to go with you. And she said, no, it's going to be fun. And it's a memoir class. And I said, okay, I'm definitely not going with you to a memoir class because, you know, when you think of memoir, at least when I think of memoir, I think, you know, I don't know, Hillary Clinton or I don't, Michelle Obama or whoever your yeah. first lady is or, you know, whatever it is. I mean, I think of people that have led extraordinary lives and want to share that, you know, with people. And, you know, I've, I've led a good life, but I didn't have any, you know, delusions of grandeur. So she said, no, you'll see it, you know, it'll be different. And I went with her and it really was different. It was very much, um, you know, a room full of people just trying to understand how to get small moments of their life down on paper and how to write in a way that would be relatable to other people. You know, like I could write about my mother and she's not your mother. You didn't have all the same experiences I did, but if I write it in the right way, it's going to resonate with you. You're going to understand the emotions and the feelings and the experiences. And I learned a tremendous amount in that class. I took it for a year. Um, and then everything kind of, you know, blossomed from there. Oh, cool. I love that you, you didn't think like your story was big enough or, you know, to write about because I've been finding in the little over a year now that I've been doing these podcasts that all women have a story and, and other people, other women, especially need to hear those stories. So I'm glad you found that. For um, sure. For yeah. sure. It can be, you know, I think it can be intimidating, especially when you hear the word memoir, you're like, ah, what, you know, <laughs> I don't know. It just sounds very big. Yeah. Me. Very grand, <laughs> but very cool. Um, so, so that you took that class for a year, did you have the idea that you wanted to write a book about a certain topic or did you just think, oh, I, I'd like to write a book or how did that all come about? So in the memoir class, you know, we wrote a lot of short pieces and I, and you ended up writing about different characters in your life. That's just how it is. So, you know, my mother had passed away. I wrote quite a bit about my mother. Um, I had a friend who died of ovarian cancer, a, a friend and a colleague. And I wrote quite a bit about her. And 
when I was kind of done with the class, I looked at all the pieces that I had written about these various people. And I thought, I wonder if I could turn this into a novel. I wonder if I could, you know, take these pieces because now I have these characters. And, you know, I was very much still in the mode of having left my job and having a lot of emotional feelings and mixed feelings about who I was and what I had done. And, you know, I kind of felt like I could turn that character, you know, she, she's not exactly me, the protagonist of my first novel, but she's not far. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the setting is definitely the office that I practiced in. And I used one of the cases that I had won as kind of a basis for, I, I changed everything about it. And I, I turned it also into a love interest, which clearly it, it was not in, <laughs> in real life. But, um, but spice it up a little bit. Yeah, spice it up a little bit. So I, I kind of felt like I had all the pieces and I wondered if, you know, there would be a way to put it together. Um, and I, I wrote a rough draft actually pretty quickly, but then it took, you know, it took several years of revising. I took more classes, more workshops, um, you know, just trying to get it to get it right and to get it into shape that I could shop it around. And so, yeah, I started it, I think in 2015 and it got published in 2018. So it was, oh, okay. it was a, a while. <laughs> okay. That's awesome. Um, so that book is called Unreasonable Doubts. Yes. That was your first one. And then That's you've got another one. one called My Name is Layla. Right. So my um, name is Layla. I took like a little foray into um, middle grade. Uh, I, again, I had taken a class at the same university um, about writing for kids. And I didn't have an idea at all about a story or what I was going to write. I was actually very nervous. Um, but I kind of, I'm one of those people that kind of responds well to deadlines. Like if you tell me I have something due, I, I'm not going to not do it. So, um, <laughs> so every week we had like whatever it was, I don't even remember five or eight pages that we had to have for the class to read. And, and you know, I had paid my, my money for the class and <laughs> I would get my money out of that class. So um, yeah, so I took it for a year. And by the end, I, I had a really a pretty decent draft of the middle grade book. And you know, I'm, I'm happy with it. It's, it's very different. It's obviously very different from the first book. Um, mm -hmm. But it was, it was great to get back into that voice, you know, to try to remember what you were like at 13 or 14. And, mm -hmm. you know, again, even though the actual things that the protagonist goes through, she has dyslexia, which I, I don't have. So it's not like I could relate exactly to the emotions that she was feeling. But you know, you, everybody remembers what it was like to be in, you know, eighth grade, you know, and all the, yeah. all the stuff that goes on and how <laughs> all the drama, all the drama, and you're trying to figure out who you are. And, you know, even just the, you know, the random individual things that go on, like, uh, you know, the year that I was 14 was the year John Lennon was murdered. And, you know, I, I remember that I remember my friends getting together. I remember us listening to the music, you know, it wasn't like we had been Beatles fans in the 60s obviously we weren't born you know we were born in the 60s but we weren't Beatles fans in the 60s but you know you remember all those feelings and I felt like I was really able to translate that into into Layla's voice so it was that's fun amazing. that's amazing I think when you write a book and you don't like you said you you weren't dyslexic but you probably had to do research and learn about it mm -hmm. and I think that is a big part of this time of life too like we want to learn more things Right, for sure. And, and, you know, and it was good learning about it, because it also teaches you that, you know, you can learn enough about something to kind of <laughs> take action with it, you don't have to become at our age, or really any age, like a world expert. And, you know, I'm, I'm never going to be yes. a world expert on dyslexia, I don't need to know, you know, and, and a few people actually commented on the book that I hadn't talked a lot about how um, the girl gets 
kind of, she gets help in the end, but I wasn't very specific about it. And I thought, you know what? I didn't want to get very specific because I'm not an expert in this. I don't want to get it wrong. Mm-hmm. I just want to, you know, I'm telling a story of somebody getting help and being helped. And I can, I can learn enough about dyslexia so that it makes sense. And if somebody is, you know, does have that experience and they read the book, they can say, this is, this is right. This is, you know, how I feel, mm-hmm. but you know, you don't have to be an expert on everything that you're trying yeah. to you know, get out there, learn something, but you don't have to turn yourself into, you know, a PhD on everything that you yeah. are learning. I just, as you said that, I just realized, yeah, I, I, I do that too. Like when I'm trying to, I don't have to know everything about everything. I just want to know enough where I can talk about it or I can like just learn enough about it to get an understanding. Right. Um, and maybe in your book that would um, like trigger other people to learn more about it. Maybe go right. and look it up and say, oh, okay, what's that all about? Um, so I think that's important too. Yeah, I hope so. And I've been, yeah. you know, presenting it a little bit in schools because of COVID it's been very, very hard to get into the schools. I'm sure, sure. <laughs> sure you all know, like it's yeah. it, as an outsider, they barely let you, you know, wave at them from the doorway. But, oh yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm hoping it'll pick up a little bit. Hopefully soon. Um, yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, um, I always ask my guests if you could go back in time and give yourself some advice, what would that be? Wow. And I'm uh-huh. kind of putting you on the spot. I didn't prepare you ahead of time. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> You know, I think maybe to try not to control so much about everything in your life, like just a little bit let go more than, than I did. I think I was very type A and it was very important to me, you know, where I went to school and what I did and which job I took. And, you know, not that these things aren't important, they are important, but like, I look at my kids, I feel like they live in a little bit different generation and they, you know, they have they have things that are important to them that are not all about prestige or about, you know, they're, they're just doing their thing. And it's, mm-hmm. they seem happier. I think, <laughs> I don't yeah. know, they seem happier to me. Like they're not all wound up all the time. Yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And I, my hope with this podcast is that I know we gear it towards midlife women, but I want younger women to hear some of these messages too, because, mm-hmm. you know, I have two daughters in their thirties and, um, you know, I want, it's like, you get to a point where you learn these things and you like, okay, now just, you need to learn these now so that right. you don't, you know, but like, and that's not how life works, I guess. But yeah. if I can help, you know, a little bit and kind of influence them to kind of, you know, not be so worried about things that they don't need to worry about. I think right. that's, that's a success. For sure. Awesome. Um, so Rena, where can people find your books if they would like to purchase them? Um, so everything is on Amazon for sure. Um, also, you know, there are independent bookstores, anybody that wants to can order a book from an independent bookstore and they'll be able to get it. They may, they may not have it. I'll be honest with you all over the country. It's not like you're going to be walking into your indie bookstore and there's my book on that front table. Um, but, but if you're interested, you could certainly order it. Okay. And do you have a website or do you want to give us your email or anything like that? The website is, um, com. Um, and the email is on there too. Uh, okay. and definitely all the, you know, buy links for the, for the books are on there. Okay. And we will put that in the show notes so people can click on that, um, when they're done listening to this That's episode. Great. So, yeah, well, Rena, thank you so much, um, for being my guest today. Um, I love it when people like women just pivot totally. Um, and I love that you just, you didn't really know for sure what you were going to do, but you knew you had to make a change. And I think that shows a lot of courage, which is what we talk about a lot here. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
Yeah, no problem. Well, thanks for sharing your story and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, thanks. Bye. You've been listening to Midlife with Courage, and I hope that you've been inspired and motivated to live your amazing life. I'm Kim Benoit, and I want you to live every moment. For more inspiration and motivation, check out my website, www.midlifewithcourage.com. You can read more about my story and find links to more great information. Take care of your beautiful self, and I'll talk to you soon.